We've had special guests uh, during uh, this segment uh, daily, and it's a great pleasure to welcome Lynn Foreman, former champion hurdler who competed for WA and Australia into the studio. Lynn, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Peter. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I believe you're coaching this morning, as you tend to do daily these days? Yes, yes. I don't like the morning session, but during <laughs> third term schools, uh, they always want you at quarter to seven. That's Lynn, dark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when the Olympics come around, uh, and I know your time poor in a lot of ways because you're doing so many things, but um, the Olympics mean something special to you because you're on the verge of uh, taking part in the Olympics, but it, injury cost you an opportunity back in 1988. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Olympic Games and the ethos of it as it stands some years on? Uh, uh, look, um, even this with COVID, I, I was one of the first to say, look, it just should not be held. Mm. But um, then after seeing the magnificent job that's been done in Tokyo and the amount of countries that are competing uh, and it's it's um, it makes you realise that during war and uh, it's sport is the sort of lifts a country out of depression. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm seeing. Everyone's talking about it and something is more, is, is positive about it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's great to see. You look at the uh, interest and the listener figures and the TV ratings figures. We know Sydney's in a very hard lockdown at the moment, the most popular city in Australia. Uh, thank goodness the Olympics are on because it's certainly keeping people entertained while they're unfortunately holed up in their homes. But can we also, there would have been enormous amount of eyes on Peter Bowl last night uh, in the 800 metres for Australia. Of course, uh, he emigrated out from Sudan, went to Townsville, then he's family then came to Perth where they are now and they live in Perth around in the southern suburbs around Langford and, and whatever. Uh, a huge performance last night to finish fourth and as we know the first Australian to take part in the 800 metres since back in 1968. Uh, yeah, your thoughts on what uh, Australia saw last night? Well, um, I'm not sure what Australia saw. What I saw was a um, young man who who has lifted to world class and he was brave enough out of that that field to take the lead and run it his way and he did a magnificent job and I think that uh, he will perform really well in Paris in the next, next Olympics. He knows he can mix it with the best mm. in the world and uh, he, he ran out in front so that he wouldn't be mixed up with any of those, uh, anything that happens. It's a tactical race. I was going to ask you the next question. How tactical did that race have to be for Peter Bowl last night? And what are some of the tactics? Because you're a mentor, you're a coach, and no doubt you talk to your athletes on how they should run, working on their week and their strengths. Well, you work to your strengths. Yeah, so how did, it, how did it work last night for him well, from he what you has, saw? He has good speed. He has really good speed. And uh, uh, so you never, you can't guess what other people are going to do, but you can know what their strengths are and and uh, work to your strengths. And it, look, there's a lot of, it, no one took the lead because they're too scared. Mm. So um, Too scared of what? 
of taking the lead? Of yeah, of, of uh, burning up, running mm. too fast. So they've got to know what their what their base speed is, so that they can maintain it and not go beyond it and burn up on re-entry into the <laughs> But um, uh, I, I was, I mean, Peter ran um, a national record in the in the heat, and then uh, again in the semi-final. I mean, it's, he, he's. Uh, a very talented athlete. And you know what? One of the most uh, respectful human beings mm. around. He, he he's, uh, will always come up and say hello, and, uh, but he's respectful to everybody. He's respectful for the opportunity and the expertise and the coaching that he's been able to uh, have while he, of course, he's worked here in Perth. Of course, he spent uh, recent times in Melbourne, hasn't he, oh, with his training program? Tra- yes, he trains with Because we're going to speak Rinaldi. to Justin Rinaldi yeah. a bit later on on the program here and have yeah. a chat about uh, that. Yes, yes. So yes. what what is his future? Just going back to that race, before we talk about his future in Paris in three years' time, where he's now set himself a goal, did he not have a lot in reserve maybe in the last 100 metres or the last 75 metres? Do you think uh, he burned himself up? Well, you know, would have, could have, should have. You know, yeah. you find that little extra. He, I, I thought he did, he did the best. He, it looked to me like he he ran a very smart race and that he gave it his all. What is it about the African athlete when it comes to endurance? Uh, the Kenyans, the Ugandans, the Ethiopians who just run and run and run all day. Yeah, well, it's in there. Is it in their DNA? DNA? Yeah, is that what, is that all it is? Well, they, you know, you you hear a lot of stories about uh, training at altitude and training. Um, it ta- you know, a lot of them just run ten k to get to training. So you know, there's a there's a lot to be said about their environment and their you know daily training environment and uh, and what's available to them. But uh, yeah, um, Peter went to Melbourne because mm. there's a good distance fraternity over there, and uh, Justin will will be able to give you the um, the ins and outs. Yeah, no, we look forward to having a chat now. to him later on, actually, yeah. to talk about that. Saying that, we've all got very excited about the uh, the medal tally in the pool, and when it comes to the track and field, we do find ourselves against some very competitive nations. How do you think we've evolved as a track and field nation, you know, in your time and, of course, post your time? Well, we're, we're very competitive uh, for our population base because every nation runs. Not mm. every nation swims. swims or do some of the other events. Um, that's why, um, uh, for, for instance, Australians are very good to learn a technical event. So you see us good in the pole vault and um, high jump. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, you, you're seeing some good good results coming through. But just recently we've outstanding in distance running and I think that that is because they're, they're uh, getting out there amongst the best in the world now believing in themselves. I mean, when you saw Peter running in the home straight, he was giving a good go. Good mm. go. When you saw uh, Jessica Hull in, uh, running a national record yes. in her semi of the 1500, she actually looked like she belonged, uh, same as Lyndon Hall. Isn't the, it great having two Australians in the final of the 1500 metres? Yeah, and we're the only country that has two mm. in that final. And but to see those girls uh, having having the confidence to 
run home, right? Run to the finish line. I mean, that that's what I'm seeing in recent times, as as compared to in in my time. Mind you, we had the East Germans when I was running. Yes, and, uh, yeah. We're full of full of suffering. Yeah, well, you make a very good point that every nation runs, not every nation swims, yeah. and it's tended to be with certain exceptions now, but it tended to always be Australia versus the United States of America in the pool, wasn't it, in years gone by? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's what I like about these these games is that even on the track, there's a there's a mix of nations mm. taking taking medals. I mean, who would have ever thought the, the um, Italian winning the exactly. two hundred meters? Jacobs, yeah, and, that's right. And our, our own, um, um, oh. Anyway, we'll come oh. back to that in a moment. Um, uh, what about, uh, before we take a break, what about Ash Maloney in the decathlon? Oh. Uh, just completed the 110-metre hurdles and is certainly right up there, second overall at the moment. Yeah, he's only 21 years old and uh, he's he's uh, was described by Eric Brown to me, Eric is his coach, um, as a beast. Yeah. But, um, both Ash and Cedric, they train together up in Queensland with uh, Eric Brown. Yeah. And um, they they are pushing each other to the limit. But Ash, being the younger one, he's... Uh, Seems to be injury free, but um, and and they're in their day two right now. Yeah, and and um, yeah, it was a former high jumper. So unbelievable. Well, they've got the they've done the hundred and ten meter hurdles. They've got the discus that's uh, due to start. In fact, they may be competing at the moment. Then they've got the pole vault as part of the decathlon. We're going to clear a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Uh, Lynn Foreman is our very special guest here on our Olympics coverage. Don't go away. You're listening to SENWA. Lynn Foreman is our special guest. Would you ever dream in your wildest dreams that skateboarding and sport climbing would ever be part of the Olympic Games, Lynn? No, I, particularly the sports climbing. The I'm, I have not seen it yet, but I... It's amazing. Yeah, apparently so. They're like spiders clawing, clawing yeah, up a wall. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, the athletics coverage is fantastic. Bruce McAvaney just calls it beautifully. And of course, Tamsin Lewis is uh, also joining him. And, of course, Tamsin, in her time, was a great 400-metre hurdler. Uh, and you would uh, certainly have had uh, a lot of experience with her. I think in 2009, she may have recorded her best time, which would have been just over, I think, 56 uh, seconds. But, you know, tell us about her career and your experience with Tansman Lewis? Oh, um, I'm enjoying her commentary. She is so positive and her knowledge of all this mm. is really good. She's doing a great so, job, yeah. Yes, I, I really enjoy what she has to say. And she's, you know, she ha- hung in that sport. Mm. Um, as a junior, she, she was fantastic. And then she had eight years where she didn't run a personal best. Mm. And then she she just blossomed, and for people to and that's a message from most athletes in any sport. If you want something bad enough, if all you have to do is just hang in there and chip away at it, because it takes six to ten years to develop an overnight success. Is that right? Yeah. But saying that, and you had your own experience prior to the nineteen eighty eight Summer Olympic Games in Seoul. Mm-hmm. Injury, you got to expect. Yeah. and accept is part and parcel of your training. And sometime injury comes at the most inappropriate time. How much disappointment have you had to experience personally and also with your pupils as they're working towards something of 
grandeur, whether it be an Olympic Games, a Commonwealth Games, World Championships, yeah. and then injury takes its toll. Yeah. And how, how, how do you massage a person's mental state of mind when that happens? Well, do you know, with personally with me, um, I didn't uh, – I just thought – Everyone's the same. It's just who can train harder. So I needed to have trained smarter because I just ran myself into the ground as hard as I could um, because I figured that um, that's the way I was going to have to do it because I lacked what I lacked in talent. I uh, the, My strengths was my perseverance, my um, just I just hung in there. And, yeah, it took me nine years before I ran for Australia, but in an event that I wasn't even uh, naturally talented, uh, they, they said I had 78% slow twitch fibres, which really meant I should have run anything up to three. 3,000 metres, but I was definitely not a sprinter, mm. and yet I represented Australia in a sprint event, which is the 400-metre hurdles. Right. So, um, and then, because uh, I I didn't go further because I figured it was going to take me another 10 years to get there, but when I finished the hurdles, I, it only took me a season and a half to qualify for the Seoul Olympics in the 800, but I ruptured my Achilles tendon at that time. Mm. And I always remember Raylene Boyle saying to me, oh, once an Achilles, always an Achilles, and that's a career-ending injury. And I thought, oh, yeah, you know, it's not. But it was in the end. Um, but you just have to find other other ways. And you wonder, I wondered why I had to go through what I did. And, and I certainly have coached people in other sports mm. to Olympic Games um, and uh, like in hockey. I've got them in the pool in, and I've done um, some uh, tether work attached to the edge of the pool so they can run and, and keep doing their work. Uh, so I, I've said to some, some people that, well, do you want to make it? And they say, yes, you're going to have to believe me and trust me. And they go, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And then, then you just adapt another program, waste deep water, yeah, and and so they get the work in them. Um, yeah, so injuries are just part uh, and parcel. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. You're a national four hundred meter hurdles champion three times uh, during your time. Um, four times was it? I'm, I'm sorry, I took one away from you. Four times you were the national <laughs> four hundred meters champion. I speak to a lot of coaches, maybe in Australian rules football, in world football, and when you get to a certain age. And you're coaching maybe people. We're we're a similar vintage. I know we're a similar vintage. And you try and coach somebody that may be a generation or two behind where you are. How much does your coaching have to evolve to make sure you need to communicate with these young individuals? And the fact that you're still coaching and you're still very much in demand means that you've got it. Uh, the younger people, the younger generation can relate to a Lynn Foreman who's been around, as we know, for an extended period of time. Yeah, I, well, I hope so, Peter. I mean... Is it a challenge, but is that one of your great challenges now to try and get... Was coaching simpler before is it, and oh, is it no, more difficult now? Yeah, you, you've got different animals. Mm. Like um, the, the athlete of today is not as... Um, Resilient, or in, in what I mean is uh, they don't play 
you, you young young you only learn when you play. Mm. So um, you can give as much instruction, uh, and then you you must let them go and play. But um, so they not as um, you have to find different ways. I am always looking at world best practice, and I'm always looking at. Um, what different training methods, uh, and I think that coaches need to move with the athlete, and that's why I do a lot of school work. Because you just came from St Hilda's this morning, didn't yeah. you, on your way into SEN Studios yeah. here at Optus? Yes, and I, you know, I do a fair few schools. I even do Lake Munger Primary School, right? You know, and I think it's important to know what's coming up. So if you know what's coming up, and you. Um, I, I put one of my programs in uh, schools way back to over 20 years ago, which was a run-jump-throw program, because if you have those elements, you can do any sport, mm. not just track and field. Mm. So um, you, you must – now we have to teach children how to run, how to jump, how to throw. Mm. And catch. <laughs> it's interesting uh, what you're saying, and you know, there's there's a lot of professional women now that are looking at, at challenges. And the former Diamonds coach, I think it's Lisa Alexander, has put a hand up and applied for the Collingwood coaching position that Nathan oh, yeah, Buckley yeah. had. I, I think she did apply for the North Melbourne job oh, yeah. before that. Yep. Do you think there'll be a time where there will be women that'll be coaching predominantly? In a men's domain? Well, um, yes, I never say never. Um, I, I remember... Because in the end, you learn, you all learn the same thing. You've all got your own practices that you need to relate to, whether you're, it's a male, female or whatever it may be. I don't know, maybe because she came from netball, but track and field, I, I coach men. Mm. I've coached men to the Olympics um, and... Uh, you know, I my one of my first coaching stints was at Perth Football Club. Is that right? And uh, so I was an athlete, and and they wanted me to, you know, teach the boys how to run. So, but I made sure I went in there, didn't make a big deal, and mm. taught them, you know, the uh, speed, speed of movement, acceleration, which most sports want. Um, Mm. And, uh, you know, I've done the Australian men's and women's hockey. And uh, so, you know, basketball, tennis, yeah. you know, you can apply. You can apply those disciplines yeah. to that. But when it comes to, I suppose when it comes to football, you you know, if you have uh, a, a, a strategic brain, you know, you, you have um, – People you know, that do various, you know, your your rucking coach. You have your. You That's know, right. You have various, your forward coach yeah. and your midfield coach specialist. So, so sometimes uh, a coach is just a manager, a manager mm. of people, and uh, maybe she can just be a cog in the team. You know, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know people talk about. I, I still do try and get my head around the voice of a, a woman trying to commentate football. Right. But, uh, you know, never they never say never. Uh, you, you need to be open to what we can bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn, just a couple of uh, other questions. I know you mentioned you've coached men. Ben Offerance was one. Um, what about your former pupils, uh, Kylie Wheeler and others that uh, certainly have been under the Lynn Foreman stable that you can share some some stories and some names with us in time. Well, I'm very proud of the people that they have 
become. Um, Kylie sent me a message on my mobile uh, to say, um, you know, she's watching the Olympics and thank you for being on my journey. And, you know, that means so much. I I think I even dropped a tear, I have to say. Did you? Because you personally coached her to the... Was it the Athens and the Beijing Games? Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah. And, what a great, what a great performer she was coming out of this part of Australia. Yeah, and and you know, I, and and a good person. Mm. You know, um, and and that's when when you with someone for, you know, ten to twelve years. That's their that's their growing up life. Mm. You know, to take them from developing into you know the the highest level is. Um, is very special. Mm. What about Ben? How's he going? Yeah, Ben's great, and and he's he's always he's, he calls himself my third son. <laughs> ben Offerings, we're talking about, yeah, yeah. yes, and um, uh, yeah, um, I, I was pretty proud of his forty-four eight. Yeah. Um, that was, that was what's really been your greatest joy? Is there one thing that really stands out for you, either as a, a, a competitor or as a coach? Is something really, if you want to sort of think about something that really fulfills you, I know you've had a lot of fulfilling moments in your career because you've been involved with it over such a, a long period of time, of course, with the West Australian Institute of Sport and your, your coaching that you've done and the elite athletes that have been under your wing. But is there anything that really, and you mentioned, it brought a tear to your eye when Kylie sent you a message this morning. But is there one thing that really stands out where there may have been an athlete that you thought, I'll do everything I can, but I'm not sure whether this individual can achieve what I think they can achieve. And in the end, they maybe achieve that. Is there any stories like that? Yes. Um, uh, Chris Trude um, qualified for a Commonwealth Games uh, relay team and he had he's got funny types of muscles and he had mm. uh, multiple muscle tears in his calf and he's one of the ones that I just said he had six weeks to prepare for for the games and then when he, he had to prove himself when he went over to the Commonwealth Games and no one wanted to run with him because that meant that they would be pushed out of the team. But uh, he ended up running a handy 45 seconds for the one lapper and then they put him in the relay, mm. the... the um, the heat of the relay, you know, so that they will keep their best ones for the final. Anyway, he ran an outstanding leg and they put him in the final and um, uh, they won gold. That was special to me in a different way that he came to me and said, I, I really want to make this team and, and, and um, I'll do anything. And he was one of the water ones, the deep water ones, and I had to do something else. And so that was good. I think Ben Offerings uh, going to pass a the world record holder in a 4x4 four four and... Um, it just blew my mind because I thought, yes, he's capable. He's mm. really capable. Mm. And they won a bronze in the um, uh, world championships in the 4x4 four four relay. And, and I suppose um, Kylie, Kylie Wheeler in finishing 10th in the heptathlon and in a very drug fueled era. Mm. And um, and Jody Henry, the the winner of the two hundred and four hundred there's uh, at at the nationals, uh, and only Kathy Freeman had done that feat. So they are pretty special and equal in their own different way. 
Good stuff. Lynn, stay with us. We're just going to clear a break and then we'll come back and say goodbye and ask you a couple of final questions uh, about something a bit different. Uh, Lynn Foreman, our special guest here on our Olympic coverage on SENWA. We'll update exactly what's happened also at the skateboarding and other events. The diving's underway. Melissa Wu in action there on the 10-metre platform. Uh, we're looking uh, behind the science of uh, certainly athletes. Lynn Foreman, a uh, very much respected coach and competitor in her time. We'll speak to Lynn more after the break. It's uh, 16 to 10. You're with Peter Vlahos this morning. SEN's coverage of the Olympic Games 2020 for Mate Communications. Award-winning Aussie service and a bonus title music subscription included on selected mobile plans. Welcome back to our Olympics coverage. Great news in the beach volleyball. Uh, Maria Atacho de Solar and uh, Talik Clancy have taken on Latvia in the semi-final and they've been victorious in straight sets. 23-21 in the first set. They were down 5-8 in the second but secured that in the end. 21-13. Here's the final point. Let's see who it's going to go to. Still seven match points. showed true Aussie spirit they've hit form right at the perfect time Australia are into the gold medal match it was just confirmed <laughs> they were waiting for a call on that but the referees called it the Latvians they look happy they've still got a chance for a medal but Australia a gold or a silver Medal guaranteed for Maria Fay Artacho del Salar and Taliqua Clancy. They beat the world champs in the quarterfinals, the European champs in the semis. Bring on America in the final. Lynn Foreman is our uh, special guest. Uh, and Melissa Wu, as I mentioned, fourth Olympic Games. So, Lynn, life's keeping you nice and busy still. Uh, and you enjoy sort of... Uh, still imparting your expertise and knowledge to younger people as they aspire for maybe gold one day at the Olympic Games. Yes, I hope this Olympics is uh, giving them some hope. Um, We're just seeing the standings actually in the men's decathlon. Yeah. Ashley Maloney now second uh, behind Damian Walker. Mm. Uh, we may take live because I think we've got the uh, the discus here. Let, That's let's, um, Cedric. Cedric Dubler. Let's just see how Cedric goes. We'll take some uh, live coverage here. David Colbert is your commentator. The reasonable discus throwers not up in the first group. Something in the mid 43s would be more than acceptable for the Australians. So Dubler here, opening throw. His personal best is 46.01. Season's best, 44.47. So that's the sort of range that he wants. The stress off the hamstring after the difficulties of the opening day in a bit. So 43.31. That's a reasonable start for Cedric Dubler. Cedric Dubler in the discus. Uh, Lynn, uh, as we mentioned, uh, keeping busy and life treating you well. Yes, I am. I'm I'm well. I've yeah. had my first AstraZeneca. Yes, oh, have I. And, so have I. And I'm due in two weeks. Let's check out Ashley Maloney now. He's about to uh, throw the discus. Let's go live again. First throw, you can see, not quite as technically smooth as Dubler. This is a difficult discipline for the decathletes. Some of these technical events 
Well, it depends on where you've come from as a junior athlete, but the platter is large, two kilograms, and it's big, and it's hard to get your hand around, and it's not an easy discipline. You really do come to appreciate how good the discus throwers are. 43-29, so that's a pretty good throw. That meets the expectations, I reckon. I was just saying, uh, Lynn, it's a, a very uh, difficult discipline for a decathlete because of the, uh, the technical uh, aspect and the science uh, when it comes to, of course, taking part in the discus. Yes, um, but all these events, the 10, the, they don't have to be outstanding at any one, but they have to be good at them all. And the, the idea is to try and keep the, keep the scores even. Let's go again. Uh, Maloney again with his next throw. Athletes here. This one goes a bit further down the middle, and that's a pretty good throw. So approaching the 45-metre mark, that's his personal best, 45-11. So I think this is going to get some extra points. It wasn't bad in terms of technique. I had to keep the front foot down for as long as possible, but it did go straight. It flew out pretty well. And this is going to be close to 44 metres, maybe a little extra. It's been a good morning so far. 44.38, so that is a good improvement on what he did when he broke the Australian record. So he's up on day one and he's improved on both of his events so far today. Whether that keeps him in second place, we've got another group of discus throwers still to come, including the leading chances who will be in the second group but it's a good morning's work for Ash Maloney you've got to take some equipment with you when you go for a day. So there you go decathlon. Ash Maloney and Cedric Dubler there in the discus as part of the decathlon and next will be the pole vault and that'll happen uh, around about quarter to 12 our time. Lynn uh, as we let you go uh, as I said life's treating you well 15 years since our dear Wally passed on you were telling me um, uh, it just seems like yesterday doesn't it? Yes, the years just yes. fly past. It does to us and yeah. um, but look um, on that note I'd like just like to um, acknowledge Matt Wern's um, sailing gold yes. medal because uh, in 2017-18 in order to get to these Olympic Games he, he needed some uh, help to get to the um, to get to a regatta mm. and he was a um, recipient of the Wally Foreman Foundation scholarship so uh, in the in those two years so Wally's legacy is living on, living on. in a small way yeah certainly also through yourself and uh, your involvement and of course your your two boys thanks for joining us Lynn I know you've got a busy day lovely to see you and uh, we, uh, we do live in the same hood so yeah. hopefully I'll see you again uh, the shops around the shops or around the <laughs> suburb yeah thank you Peter good on you Lynn Foreman joining us